All right, everybody, this is Rob here from Rob's School of Music, and we have a treat today. This is probably one of the coolest people we've gotten to talk to so far. Her story is incredible. The amazing Laura Escudé. Hello, how are you? Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure entirely. So, <laughs> um, like, as I was, you know, people who watched this before would, you know, it's a lot of guitar players, drummers, singers. But coming from the classical background and the whole Ableton world and production, um, <clears throat> it's just so super cool. So I guess my, my first question for you is, how'd you get started? Yeah, so um, I was a classical violinist. I just was doing the orchestra thing and, you know, playing classically for a really long time. I um, I discovered the violin when I was six at a, a church and I saw a girl playing it and I said, I want to do that. Cool. <laughs> and I just kind of fell in love with the instrument. And um, yeah, so just played classically for a really long time. And then when I got into high school, I got accepted to the Interlochen summer camp um, in Michigan. So it's a, you know, for those of you that don't know, it's a, it's a really big music school, music camp. Um, they have a summer program. And so I was there for about two months and just like completely immersed in, you know, classical music and music. And, um, while I was there, there was a, a radio station and, uh, I became friends with the guy who was the DJ on the radio station. And, he was playing like hip hop music and like electronic music and all different kinds of stuff. And that was really like my first, you know, like exposure to other music. I mean, I'd, I'd heard pop music and of course classical was my life, but I hadn't really heard any other music and um, styles of music. So I really just got super into like, you know, Dave Matthews band, he had this amazing violinist, Boyd Tinsley. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that guy's shredding. Like I want to learn how to shred. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I had no idea how to do it. I had no idea like how to start to improvise or, you know, play violin that just wasn't off of a sheet of paper as I had grown up doing. So it was really, you know, kind of an interesting, um, segue for me into this other complete other world wow that's actually you know because we we do violin that's one of the instruments we have here and our teacher you know one of his main focuses is to get it outside of that strict classical realm you know he's teaching mm, yeah uh, improv and and you know video game scores and stuff like that that's so outside of what the box i guess used to be how does that lead into ableton and all that yeah, so uh, I went away to school and um, I, my freshman year I was at Vanderbilt University in Nashville and, uh, you know, still doing the classical music thing. Um, I went home for the summer. My, my folks, my dad's in the Navy, so moved around a lot. He moved, they moved back down to Florida, went home for the summer and met all these like beach kids on the beach in Florida and just fell in love with, you know, Florida and the, the lifestyle there. And so I decided to transfer to Florida State and uh, go to the music school there, which is actually a really good music school. A lot of diversity, you know, very different from Vanderbilt, which is also a good school, just, you know, very different. And uh, so it was there that uh, my best friend's boyfriend was a DJ and they started inviting me to these like, you know, underground club nights, these rave nights, electronic music nights, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, no, I just, I don't know. That's not really my thing. Like, I don't know what electronic music is. I don't know. This isn't my scene. And then one night I said, you know, I'll just come out with you. Let's just do it. So I went out 
and I just discovered this whole other side of music, this community, this in inclusivity, uh, just people completely being themselves dancing like crazy, you know, wearing crazy stuff. And it was there that I just like fell in love with electronic music. And so from there, I started playing violin with DJs. And I remember like the first genre that I tried to play over was drum and bass, and which is really, really fast. And it was kind of um, didn't sound very good. I'll tell you that. Um, but you know, I persisted. And I was like, Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm still gonna keep trying. And, you know, it was really me just like, trying to improvise, but really not having the tools yet, you know, so I was just really just get getting my feet. And, um, from there, I started playing violin over production. So I was working with a you know a few producers, and I started booking um, nights at this uh, club that I was working at, and uh, I started booking electronic musicians to come in. And I booked this band called Smoke, and I didn't really know anything about them. I just knew that they were like a local funk band. So they came in to play, and turns out it was George Clinton's son was in the band, wow. and turns out that George Clinton actually lives in Tallahassee where Florida State is. He's from there, which I didn't know. And so all of a sudden, my other friend is so funny. It's like my friend's boyfriend's got me into this stuff. But my other friend's boyfriend, she became, started dating the producer in that in that group. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm in the room with George Clinton and all these other crazy producers. And you know, at first I was just sort of hanging out on the sidelines. And then, you know, as I started to get more comfortable, I started saying to them like, Hey, like, what about trying this? Frozen. Let's see what happens here. Sometimes that happens, guys. It's no big deal. We'll get it right back on. That's never happened on StreamYard before. Yes, or, you know, try this sound or try this melody or whatever. And I really didn't. Oh, there we're back. Are. Yeah, yeah, okay, timed cool. out there. That was weird. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, no, it's all good. I'm glad we came back because sometimes my internet just drops for no reason I have to restart my computer and you know so anyway uh yeah so I was in the room with them and um I just started making all these suggestions you know like hey why don't you try this da, da, da. and then I was like well I just really want to do it myself because I had these ideas these sounds in my head and these ideas and I just you know explaining them to someone else is just so hard right, right. so um I started to learn how to use the software that they were using and uh, it was called acid pro at the time and so started using acid pro i started taking like a really a basic class and in, in in school we didn't have much of a music technology program but it was cakewalk um pro audio 9 which was like <laughs> super long time ago like floppy disk i'm showing how old i am <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i started you know just like making music and trying to play violin and record violin using the software and that's kind of how i got started that's so cool and honestly like you know going back to the beginning or the early you know because everyone now you get a computer and it comes with 
GarageBand or you can get, uh, you know, FL Studio. Like everything is so accessible, but you take it back, you know, 10 years ago, a little bit more like it was special to have these tools and it took an mm -hmm. education and a financial investment and it, it was a big deal. So I think that's really cool. Absolutely. And we didn't have any YouTube or right. you know, we didn't just didn't have the resources that we have now to learn things. So I was I was trying to learn and, you know, it was really a, it was a challenge for me. I, I, it sounded terrible. I was like, how do I make this sound like I don't even know. You know, I remember like I got my first credit card and I bought um, like a some sort of MIDI controller with it. I remember, it was just like the most expensive thing that I'd ever bought. And um, it was a Yamaha motif. That's what it nice. was. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got the motif and then, you know, I didn't understand like the difference between audio and MIDI. And, and uh, so I bought this really expensive thing and then I ended up using like Reason for all the MIDI stuff and using the keyboard to play Reason, the software. So anyway, it, it was an exciting time though, because it was just like, you know, I spent all my nights and weekends. I had a day job at the time when I graduated from college, but I was just spending all my time just trying to learn how to use the software and get better at it. I think that's, that's very fascinating. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm a guitar player is my main instrument. I went to school for music and stuff, but only in the last, I'd say five years or so, have I been like blown away with like the technical side like i always had studios and stuff but now like i purchased ableton i got the push to i'm messing around there's a big analog thing back there that you can't see but like <laughs> it, it's so cool to be able to take a piece of audio and manipulate it and chop it up and stretch it out and coming from a you know guitar background it's not you can't really do that in the same way so i think it's very cool yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's there's just so much that you can do, especially now. I mean, there's the tools are so vast and getting less expensive, so it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, forgive my lack of knowledge, but prior to first, you know, coming in, you coming into my bubble and be like, "Holy crap, this this woman's incredible!" I didn't even know a playback engineer was a gig. Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, um, and yeah. that's. So how does that work? Is there a session running live while the concert's happening? Like how much is pre-programmed? How much is improvised? I mean, it really depends on the artist and, you know, where they're at in their career and what they're doing. Um, you know, so just to give a little bit of background, you know, I moved to LA and I ended up working at this company called M Audio and then started working at Ableton and, you know, became certified in Ableton and started, you know, working with artists on their live shows in, um, 2009, I got a call from Cirque du Soleil and they wanted me to move to Vegas and do their playback for their show. And I really didn't know what that meant at the time. And I was just like, sure, sign me up. That sounds amazing. Um, so I didn't really know it was a thing either. And after that, I just started getting these calls to, you know, do tours and ended up touring with Kanye for seven years and, you know, doing American Idol and like all these shows. But I really just kind of fell into it. Like I didn't really know it was a job and it was because it was good at Ableton and knew the software. Um, but yeah, so basically playback engineering is uh, when you, have backing tracks that are playing live on stage. So um, most bands now have backing tracks or at least click tracks when you see them perform live um, so that everyone can keep in time. You know, drummers usually are listening to the click, but most times when you get to a certain level, 
you want all the band to be on click. Um, it's really like when an artist moves beyond the DJ um, atmosphere, right? So most artists or bands, you know, they they at a certain point, you know, they'll get to the certain point and they're like, okay, I want to do more. Like, I want to break out my background vocals. Like, I want, you know, the synths, I want the bass to be mixed separately. I want whoever's mixing my monitors or in-ears to have more control. I want whoever's mixing front of house to have more control. You know, um, I want to change things night after night and, like, do the songs differently or make different edits. Um, so basically, that's what playback engineering is. It's we come in and we facilitate all of this stuff for the artist or the musical director on stage. And, you know, at at a higher level, it also um, works with the lighting and video. So if you go to like a big Taylor Swift show and, you know, the, the chorus comes in to, you know, her song, the video and the lighting is going to be the same every single time. And that's because of something called time code that's being played from Ableton. So the music is all, all being played and then there's time code being played alongside it. And that um, is being sent to front of house and the v lighting and video folks will grab that and then they'll, they've programmed to it. And so then it'll just fire off all the right things at the right time. So it kind of, you know, encompasses quite a bit from just, you know, the backing tracks to, you know, the clicks and cues and all that kind of stuff that, you know, you don't want the audience to hear, right. but the band needs to hear, um, count ins, you know, like chorus two, three, F I mean, you know, it depends on the artist and it depends on the band. Some people, you know, know everything frontwards and backwards. And then some people need reminders, you know, <laughs> they might be drinking a little too much beer and uh, they need a little reminder to drop out and not play. Um, so sometimes we put those kinds of cues in their in-ears. Um, yeah, so a lot of times, you know, we'll also do things like auto-tune for artists or, you know, do um, like uh, pitch shifting on their vocals or distortion or delays or, you know, just sort of manipulate their vocals at the same time. Um, so it really can encompass, you know, quite a, a variety. Also like drum sounds, keyboard sounds, if, if there's a MIDI controller on stage, you know, we'll be responsible for helping to program that and change the right patches at the right time. So, wow. yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility. It really is. <laughs> I mean, people, you know, people sleep on the job and they're just like, I mean, not really sleep on the job, but they, they sleep on the position, you know, saying like, oh, well, that's just, you know, it seems easy, right? But it's actually like one of the most important positions out there because, you know, the lighting is a little messed up, you know, or like the video is a little messed up. It's okay if, if a if a you know guitarist plays a wrong note. You know it's not awesome, but you know it's it's okay. But if the music stops or the music messes up or just doesn't sound right, then it's kind of a showstopper. Sure. So yeah, yeah. When you're working with someone like Kanye, who's you know so prolific and and an artist through and through in terms of you know what the art and the work he seems to be putting out there, like is it collaborative in terms of you know, I'm gonna throw a little. I'm gonna just crank up the the blend on the reverb or the delay here. Or yeah, totally. Um, it's so funny. Like, you know, when I toured with him with his vocals, uh, like most of the time I would be improvising. Um, so I would try different things, and then he would, you know, most of the time like them. Of course, sometimes there were things that he didn't like, and that's okay. But like. You know, most of the time I was basically just like free to manipulate his voice in the moment. I mean, of course, the main thing is you got to get the auto tune and the right 
key or else, you know, that's not good. But other, other than that, like, um, you know, I would add, you know, different vocal effects or like distortion or like delays or something like that. And, you know, sometimes like if I turned on a d certain delay, like, and he would hear it, he would realize it was on and then he would like kind of go into a more improvisational moment where he would like let it reverberate out and i kind of after working with him for so long i kind of like knew what those moments were going to be or like i would suggest to him almost even though we weren't communicating you know while during the performance i would sort of suggest to him like hey there i can add this for you right now if you want to like go off and do something crazy so that's kind of like what that was about and you know as far as vocal effects and then as far as the music i mean yeah just like it it differed you know so i did some string arrangements for um the tours and you know also played violin on the watch the throne album with with uh jay-z and did that tour as well and so cool. uh, yeah so <laughs> i got a chance to you know do some violin stuff um and then just day to day it was like making different mixes, remixes of songs, making suggestions. Um, you know, sometimes they had a really clear idea. Okay, like, I want this song to go into this song exactly like this. And, you know, I want to cut this part out, or I want to extend this, or I want to take the vocals out of this part or whatever. Um, and then other times, you know, I would have suggestions. So I would, you know, execute that stuff. And then other times I would have suggestions like, you know, we were in uh, New York at Madison Square Garden and I knew that we needed like an epic like New York sort of intro for that show and so I came up with a bunch of like different options for them to listen to and they were like listen to them and it's like okay I like this option but can you do this a little differently or you know whatever so it was definitely like super collaborative um you know it's not like that with all artists you know some artists that are just starting out or just they just wanted to sound like the record and just kind of like take my lead vocals out and that's it um, but when you get a chance to work with someone like Kanye or, you know, really creative artists, it's super fun because uh, they just have all kinds of crazy ideas and, you know, it's up to us to kind of make it happen. <laughs> I think that's such a cool gig. I mean, my favorite bands are the ones that it's different every time. You know, if you yeah. follow a certain band every night, it's a different set list songs. There may be a stripped down version, something, you know, something is swapping out. And unfortunately, I think this stigma or the connotation is in a lot of more commercial pop music, it's kind of the way it is every time. But to hear that there's so much artistic, you know, effort put into making things change and, and make it organic. I think that's really incredible. Yeah, it makes it, makes it super fun. And, you know, we've uh, just the teams, like, especially at that level, the teams are amazing and, you know, the people around and it's like it's it's not just you know one person coming up with ideas it, it, you know it could be like 10 people which which can be overwhelming because you know in my position i have to be like okay um, i need all of y'all to hold on i'll talk to you now you know like you really have to delegate because people are like i got an idea you know <laughs> and it's just like trying to figure out okay well what idea are we going with because you know sometimes you'll just be in the moment everyone's being creative and then it's like, actually, it sounded better like two hours ago kind of thing. So you got to like be, you know, structured around like saving things, saving things differently. And so, yeah, it's pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that we try and put out to our students here at the school is being a musician isn't always, um, if you're not Taylor Swift, it doesn't mean that you've failed. 
there are so many tiers and steps along the way mm -hmm. to survive as a musician and wear lots of different hats. Sometimes you're behind the scenes, sometimes you're, in, you know, out on the stage. Sometimes it's all these different, you know, angles you can do. Yeah. Um, so something like this, I think, is such a cool, different way of doing it. And then you do your own stuff as well. So when you're when you're the artist, what's that process like? Yeah. So um, you know. As I mentioned, I play violin. I also produce electronic music, so I call myself a future classical artist. So it's like classical music mixed with futuristic, like weird bass sounds and synth sounds and stuff. You can see I got all these synths in the background, so I'm a big synth We're fan. We're going to talk about those too, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and... Um, you know, I just really like I, I used to be in bands and I was great. And, you know, at a certain point I was like, I just want to kind of have my own solo project and do my own thing and you know, still collaborate with people. But just as far as performing, decide to kind of go off on my own and um, develop this one woman show where I'm, you know, looping violin and synths and just creating everything on the fly, basically. And I got, you know, I've got some pre-made stuff, but I'm trying to do more and more just like everything's, you know, improv and in the moment. So it's different every time. And, and so it's cool, you know, I use a lot of different kinds of effects and controllers and, you know, pedals. I don't maybe has, have as many as you do in the background there, but right, I, got, <laughs> I got some, I got a, I use a couple of, um, even tied H9s. I got one for cool. my vocals and one for my violin and, you know, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's fun. I mean, you know, total gearhead, got a lot of stuff and just like try to take as much of it as possible. And one of the great things about this year, I mean, not a lot of great things, but <laughs> one of the great things is like performing and live streaming. I get to have all my gear with me, which is great because when traveling before, I mean, I was playing all these festivals and, you know, you got to have it all in a 50 pound right. you know, Pelican yep. case. Yep. And it's really hard to, to depart with certain pieces of gear because you're just like, I just want this with me, but you really just cannot bring it. And also like your stands and everything like that, like, you know, you roll up to a, a club or a venue, they just have like the regular, you know, like table and you're like, oh, but at home I've got these beautiful stands, that, you yeah. know. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun. I, I just love like experimenting live and, you know, performing and just like making weird sounds basically. <laughs> It speaks to my heart. I, as you can tell with this obnoxious pedal collection, weird sounds is the way to go. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that's cool to be able to find something musical and things that aren't. Uh, in my touring years, I was frequently in bands that um, didn't have a keyboard player. So it fell on me as a guitar player to kind of cover a lot of that ground. Yeah. And um, in my more recent time, we've had a keyboard player and I've found myself stepping on his toes because it's like, right. no, 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 you don't do that. I do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I got to be very, you know, aware in those kinds of situations and just make sure that, you know, everyone's cool. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I, I want to get into, um, you teach, you teach. So you've taken this amazing knowledge and you were the first certified Ableton trainer, which I think is incredible. Um, I don't have you. with me, but Thank I have, you. there's this like gray Ableton book. It was like 80 bucks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that up on my yeah, shelf. And, there. Uh, yeah. I, I look through that, like I'm only recently into that. I was a Logic and Pro Tools guy forever, but I still mm -hmm. would look into it just for inspiration and kind of, Yeah. I, I'm so fascinated by different people's, you know, creative flow and the workflow and how do you not box yourself into a corner? 
Yeah. So you have taken this knowledge and started your own academy in which to do that. So how, yeah. how, did, how did that start out? And, and what are the, uh, I see now there's different classes you have and more of an a la carte kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, you know, be, I became certified and, you know, around that time, like 2008, I was doing a lot of like master classes on my own. So um, we called them like Ableton Live master classes in LA and, you know, we bring all these people in and, and whatnot, have like guests and everything. And um, once I started touring, I kind of put all of the teaching aside for a while, just because I was, you know, so I was, I was gone, I was away. And um, 2016 or so, um, I actually had like a massive health breakdown just because I had been, you know, going so hard and I was touring. And I think I did like, you know, three different shows back to back in different cities with different artists. And I just kind of, you know, my body was just like, no, <laughs> no. So, um, you know, while I was recovering from that, um, I kind of just realized, you know, I want to change my lifestyle a bit. And, you know, I'd, I'd been like going pretty hard I, for many years. I was touring the world. I was, you know, working with Kanye when he wasn't working, you know, touring. I was working with all these other different artists. It was constantly just like away, not at home. And uh, it was really it was fulfilling for a while. And then I was like, you know, it's been a while since like I've dated anyone or like had a normal sort of lifestyle. And um, so I decided to, to try to, you know, spend more time at home. And um, in 2016, it was actually uh, Kanye's uh, St. Pablo tour. And so, um, you know, I went out for like a month or so and got it started. And then I trained someone from my team and my company, Electronic Creatives. I trained a bunch of people to also do playback stuff. And so I trained someone from my team to take over. And I just wanted to kind of explore what it was like to work on my own projects more and uh, focus on some education stuff. And um, so I created my first transmute retreat um in 2017 and this was in uh florida and so my big vision was to bring a bunch of music nerds together to perform and talk about ableton and also do things like yoga and meditation and kind of some of these self-care things that i'd gotten really involved in while i was healing and um you know, I just, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I just thought, you know, I just want to bring together all these things that I love in, in one place. And so we did a week um, at this beautiful art center there. And um, I got back in 2018 and I just thought, you know, how can I reach more people? Like, how can I, you know, do something that's not necessarily like live in person because I'd been doing a lot of like live in person trainings and whatnot. And so um, I had the idea to start the Transmute Accelerator. And uh, so Transmute, for those of you that don't know, it's it's a word that means uh, morphing from one phase to another. So it's like this evolution and just really like was symbolic for me because I was really trying to transform my life and my lifestyle at that time. And so I thought, you know, I really latched onto the word and I was like, okay, this is something really speaks to me so I just started using that for you know like everything during that time I had like released a song and an album and then had this program and so the the program um, the yeah the the, the first iterations were uh, a two-month program 
uh, online for artists to come and learn how to use Ableton Live to and harness the power of Ableton and other pieces of technology to create amazing live performances. And you know, after working with Kanye and all these different artists over the years, I just really saw. I was like, I saw like um, an opening. You know, I saw something for like independent artists. I saw that independent artists could use this technology too. And uh, especially if they couldn't afford a, a person like me on their tour, right? Unless you're, you know, at that level where you have all this money to have someone there, you kind of have to do it yourself. And so I just got really inspired to, to show independent artists how to do, you know, the work that I was doing for themselves. And uh, yeah, so the Transmute Accelerator was born and uh, we, we started the first um, iteration in March of 2019 last year, and we've uh, had four um, different classes of it. So it's a two month program. And um, just amazing, you know, we've had artists from all over the world join us and super level up their their shows. I mean, just like game changing leveling up. And when the pandemic hit this year, we'd already were planning on doing the third iteration of it. And it suddenly became about live streaming, you know, it was about Ableton and live streaming. How do we live stream Ableton, you know, online? And I'd been doing quite a bit of live streaming before that. So it just kind of made, it was natural to kind of integrate all of this information into the program. And so, uh, yeah, so we had two versions of it this year and kind of along the way, I started realizing, hey, you know, I've got all this content that we've created for the accelerator. Um, we should just, you know, make, start making more one-off courses so that people who can't afford to join the entire thing, they can still get into our, you know, community and, and into, the, into our world. So, um, we just launched the Transmute Academy, um, which is kind of the, the hub for all of the things educationally that, um, I do. And we've got a couple of free courses, some paid courses in there, and then the option to join either the accelerator or the transmute society. And the society is, um, biweekly masterclasses and we're relaunching that in January. So that's kind of for anyone. If anyone wants to come and hang out with us and learn, we've got amazing guests that, that come through the program. So yeah, that's the whole I, thing. I love it. I, I think the greatest thing you can do with knowledge is share it with other people. Um, that's yeah. a big, big part of the philosophy here at the school, myself and the other musicians and teachers that, you know, I employ our whole concept and our, our mission statement is to pay it forward, give it to the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and your skill set is so specialized to have access to that, I think is just, you know, it's a game changer. It really, really is. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I just, I just love education and, you know, I always learn stuff too. Like, I mean, I'm continually learning right? stuff and it's like never ending. So it's, it's also like somewhat selfish because I'm like, I have all these amazing guests come in and teach these master classes, and I'm like taking notes, you know, right. like what are they doing? You know, because everyone does it differently. You know, there's always something to learn. So it's it's super exciting. Yeah. Definitely. I, I drive my girlfriend crazy because I say I'm passionate about passion. And when, yeah. I'm, when I'm talking to someone who's into something, I mean, throughout all these interviews, I've done, you know, probably 35 at this point. And That's every cool. person, like, it's for the students, obviously, but for me too, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to unpack that later. That was incredible. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, we're all yeah. in this, we're all in this together. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think 
um, that's what we really invite into our community. I say, you know, high vibe artists that that's kind of like my, you know, our tagline. It's like people who want to share, they want to help right. one another. They're not like, oh, these are my secrets and I'm not yeah. going to ever tell. I mean, obviously, you know, we all have to make money. We all have to like support ourselves. And so that, you know, there are is premium stuff that we put out there, but we do a lot of stuff that's just free and open to the, the public just because, you know, people like I just remember when I was getting started I didn't have the funds I didn't have the resources to kind of invest in myself and it was just those you know certain things that helped get me started certain people that helped me out or whatever and so if I can be that for someone that's just you know the greatest um part of it definitely uh, lends itself to me living in my joy, which is one of my main things that I like to to focus on, and just makes me happy. So yeah, I love it. I love nice. I love the uh, the spiritually centered vibe of all of this as well. Thank the you. Self care, like I'm I'm vegan. Like I, I am nice. Doing the best I can to be the best I can be. Um, yeah. And I, th I think having that you know centered perspective is very very important. Absolutely. I mean. I don't know where I'd be without it, to be honest, you know, I would still be running myself into the ground and kind of, you know, over committing and doing too much. And, sure. you know, I mean, you can, uh, I, I mean, it's my hope to just show people that you don't have to burn out before you find all this stuff. And I think much more now it, it's like, it's more prevalent. People are like, Oh, self care, you know, they kind of know what it's about. And, um, but other people have had to learn the hard way, myself included. Like we just, did too much and pushed ourselves too far. And yep. then it's just hard to kind of come back from that in some cases. I think it's because as, as musicians and as trying to, you know, be professional musicians, it, it's terrifying to say no to anything, you know, take totally. every opportunity and yeah. you know, maybe I'll sleep two days from now, you know, and yeah. it catches up. It definitely does. It does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any tips? So a lot of our students, um, are, I don't say a lot, I don't know, honestly, I'm doing the math in my, probably over 50% of our students are female. Um, Ooh. Right, isn't that hey. so cool? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, I work with a couple of girls personally, I teach them the guitar, um, like oh, middle school, early high school, and they shred, oh my God, do they shred. But I one love of the, it. One of the questions I always try and ask whenever I get to talk to a female professional is, do you have any tips yeah. for you know, a, a young woman coming up through this business, you know, we've all heard the crappy side of it and the terrible things that they could come across. Yeah. Do you have mm -hmm. any tips for them to uh, stay strong and focused? I would say just keep practicing. And you know, the climate is changing and it's changed so much since I first got in. I mean, I didn't have any role models when I first started. I, I didn't know any other women that were doing what I did. And and, uh, you know, that was hard. That was really hard for me. But now, I, I mean, I just think there's so many more role models out there. So I just say, like, find a mentor, find a role model, to, you know, that you can look up to, that you can follow, that you can maybe ask questions or, you know, attend some of their um, meetings or events or whatever they're doing. Because um, I, I, I really think, like, you know, having the role models really just helps to solidify, um, you know, that um, confidence in yourself and in what you're doing. And, um, so yeah, I think that's one of the things and just, you know, just to keep going. I mean, like you're saying that these girls are, are shredding, like I see that all the time now too. I'm like, wow, like just keep practicing, keep going. Like, don't, you know, compare yourself to other people. Like 
just um, surround yourself with good supportive people and you know you'll and you'll get there and it, and just like the the thought work that i do and like that my mental state like that just really helps me so much because like you know whenever i hear like my inner voice with these like words and things that are kind of tearing me down i just like reframe it you know and it's like it's so important for women to to do that especially because we've been programmed you know a lot of us from an early age like oh you can't do this or you shouldn't do this i mean i was told that so much when i was first starting out like these you know people would tell me guys would tell me like oh the learning curve's too hard you're never going to get it like oh i guess they hired a woman because the, you know they wanted a woman here in the office right. or Worst. you know just like all these kinds of things that people would say and you know luckily now like the climate has changed so much where it's like you know people say that <laughs> just like um it, i think people like check themselves a bit more now thankfully but um, but yeah, it's just important to like, especially you know, if you do have to field things like that, people do say things like that to you, just like stand your ground and just know like, Hey, you're awesome. You're doing the best that you can. It doesn't matter if, you know, these people say that you're not or whatever, like it just matters what you think about yourself and just to, to keep going. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I will make sure everybody hears that because that's just yeah. <laughs> you know to to hear that from someone who's had such a prolific career and then taken and done so many other wonderful things with it i think that's really empowering so that's really cool thanks uh let's let's go to the music theory side of things okay so, <laughs> i know it's, yeah. it's a, stra a strange pivot there right but, um you know a lot of our students push back on that they're, they're turned off to it. uh yeah yeah, yeah what yeah. what's your take on that is it is it a black and white you gotta have it or does it depend on the situation or does that come into your process in any way i mean from the classical yeah. i guess totally yeah i mean i was you know classically trained so i did all the music theory in college and you know did, did composition and writing and everything and um you know <laughs> i think it's really important to be honest i just i really do i mean look if you're if you're gonna be like a like a side person, you know, and you're just like playing in a band and, and, um, you know, you're playing stuff that's like written out for you or like someone's telling you, Hey, this is what you're playing. Then cool. Like maybe you don't need to know it as well, but if you're planning on being in a creative situation, um, with band, a band or other artists, I mean, to, to be able to like come up with an idea like on the spot like that, um, I think is, is great. And so knowing music theory, just, it really helps. Um, especially if you want to learn how to produce and make your own tracks, like, um, something that I'm getting better at is like, you know, chords on the piano, right? Cause I play the violin and, um, mostly do sort of like, um, melodic kinds of stuff with the violin, right? and lead kind of things. And so forever, you know, my weak point has been the chords, even though, you know, I learned music theory and I learned about chords back then, I didn't really practice it. Right. And now I'm like, okay, right. This is, you know, this is makes or breaks the song is the chord structures and you gotta know that stuff. So yeah, I guess that would just, you know, I, I definitely really believe in music theory and you know if you get the chance to practice it for sure i would say do it <laughs> it's it's tedious but it, it pays off it, it's worth it i i always try and you know for me i didn't 
I don't, I was a guitar player from age 13 onward. I didn't yeah. learn a thing about theory till college and it punched me right in the face. And I was like, I, I guess I suck. <laughs> yeah. um, and then after yeah. school, it, it wasn't quite as prevalent in my life, but then in the last, you know, half decade, it's been my life. So yeah. I recognize that. And I always try and say to my younger students, like, guys, your brain is a sponge. You're like, you're ready to learn, learn it, just do the work because you're going to, if you want to be a musician in any capacity, at a professional level, this stuff can only help you. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, like I said, it's tedious and it's not necessarily fun, but once you get it, get it down, it, you could make real magic happen with your music. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about some of those cool uh, toys behind you there. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. You're on a desert <laughs> island. Which, what would you bring with you? Uh, Oh, um, probably my, oh gosh, this is so hard, but like, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> probably my subsequent 37, the Moog, um, synth that's up there. I don't know. It's just, it sounds so fat and thick and, you know, just like the bass. I love bass. So, mm. um, yeah, the, the bass is amazing on it. Um, and it's not like, you know, it's not like the most challenging synth of all time that I've ever played. You know, I've got other ones that are more challenging, but like, I just love the way it sounds and feels and, you know, Moog is just like the best. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely a, a justifiable answer. <laughs> when you're doing stuff within Ableton, are you doing everything in the box? Are you bringing sounds like, would you plug, you know, what's that process? Yeah, so um, some stuff is in the box. Uh, I do a lot of violin recording and then, you know, synth recording as well. So, um, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of half and half, I would say. I, you know, I generally for drum stuff use samples that are you know, MIDI. Um, I do have uh, some VSTs and things um, that I use. Um, I try to use VSTs that sound warm, that sound analog. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a blend um, of, you know, analog and uh, digital stuff. Cool. cool. Yeah. Is the, um, for violin recording, is it an acoustic violin with a pickup? Is it an electric violin? How does that work? Forgive me. Yeah, so, ignorance. oh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, um, I have a couple of different violins. Um, I've got just an acoustic one which is a four string which is kind of like you know my super expensive one that i've had since college and you know sounds great i've got a five string um violin which is an acoustic electric so it can be either or sounds great acoustic sounds great electric as well um, so it's got a jack on it and you know i'll generally use that one most of the time um, especially when i'm doing like scratch violins and things because um, i could just kind of plug it in and like jam along with whatever i'm doing without headphones and you know just like come up with some you know ideas or whatever um and um 
that one's a five string so it's got it sounds like a has a low viola c string so it sounds like a viola wow. as well yeah i didn't even know that was a thing a five string violin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah a lot of five strings around there and then i've got a an electric violin which is just you know regular electric violin and i use that to actually play synthesizers so i've got this software that converts audio to midi in real time and so i can use the violin to play the synthesizers so i do that and then i've got another violin that's um, also acoustic electric it's a five string and um it's got octave down strings so it sounds like a cello wow yeah crazy <laughs> yeah so i've got a couple of different different axes in my arsenal yeah, <laughs> see that that right there that blows my mind too because again as a guitar player i'm sitting in a room with 25 guitars but right violin violin can do the same exact thing so yeah 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 i don't have 25 but i got four so it's okay um, there's still time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. For I mean, I actually worked with Steve Vai um, last year, and I went over to his house. That dude's got some. Yes. Oh my gosh, the Harmony Hut with just everything everywhere. It's insane. It's one of my He's favorites. awesome. He, I actually was teaching him how to use Ableton and how to loop, and you know, it was really cool. He was super into it. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He's great. Uh, for the one that uh, converts the audio to MIDI, is there, there's no latency, yeah. it's just super smooth? Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, it's it's pretty smooth. Um, there's, you know, there's always a little bit of latency, but I actually run it off of a separate laptop, so um, it's just, like, dedicated for, for the Smart. violin, basically. Yeah, so, I mean, if I had it running into, you know, my performance laptop, it, you know, the latency would be considerably more, so kind of just like break that out and you know do do its own thing that's awesome that's yeah. awesome um so if someone was just coming complete zero you know wanting to get into production um i know there's the light version of ableton out there so it, it's something yeah. someone can get into i think from my circle the thing that frightens people when they're looking at ableton is when you look at logic or pro tools or all the others they they're left to right linear you, yeah yes and the and i know ableton has a screen that looks that way but yeah it's sort of a different animal so how do you wrap your head around that yeah so um when i first started using ableton i also was just like really just didn't know what to do with the session view as they call it and um yeah once I started learning, like wrapping my head around it, it really made sense. So it looks scary at first, but it's actually the most amazing thing for creating. And I just use it like a sketch pad for ideas. You know, you just drop loops in there, you record a loop and every song that I start, um, starts with that view now and then you can just record yourself jamming on these loops and it records over to the linear view called the arrangement view and then from there you can kind of like refine your arrangement so it's almost like you're like you're jamming and you're creating these loops and these sounds and it speeds up the process for me you know rather than it, it it's like you're having more fun in the moment doing it rather than when you're creating a linear arrangement from scratch you're kind of you know already trying to figure out the arrangement and it, you know, kind of slows things down. But when you're just like, okay, I'm vibing on a loop. This is what it is. Like, let me throw a drum break on it or do whatever. Um, it's just a little bit, uh, I don't know. I think more fun. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the live element, the creative element of it, it, I think from my handful of months messing with it seems to be very inspiring. Yeah. Um, but it's still for me personally in my own little world that the, the learning curve is intimidating. I may jump over to your uh, your academy after this and get you some training. You should. Yeah, <laughs> you should. Yeah, it's, we, we have fun over there for sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going to do my last bit here. It's a, a series of rapid-fire questions. Okay. Uh, one thing or the other. Unfortunately, most of them are guitar-related, so really it's okay. just going to be um, I'll just take a handful about effects, which sure. is going to be super exciting, but it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right, so delay or reverb? Delay. Okay. Fuzz or overdrive? Ooh, fuzz. All right, I like that. Dirty, gritty, cool. <laughs> Phaser yeah. or chorus? Chorus. Okay, and then the last couple are just like classic rock band ones. So okay. If you have an opinion on that, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Ooh, that's hard. Probably Stones. Okay, all right. In the Beatles world, would it be John or Paul? Definitely Paul, and I've worked with Paul. He's awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, the, yeah. the flex of all flexes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? What was that about? Forget my silly questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, um, so he and Kanye had a song with Rihanna. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four or five seconds a few years back, and so he was at um, the Grammys, and uh, he was at the Grammy like rehearsals, and I remember he just like came over to me and was like, "Hey, I'm Paul. Like, what are you doing over here?" and and then he realized who I was and he's like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, heard your um, vocal effects during the Watch the Throne tour and I really enjoyed it and, you know, stuff. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I, I have gotten to speak to some really incredible people, but no one worked with the Beatles. So you are now my <laughs> number one favorite interview of all time. Oh, thank you. I'm assuming <laughs> that your answer would be the Beatles over the Stones then. Uh uh, I don't have. <laughs> so these questions are designed to help people make opinions for myself because um, I, I like both. The next question would have been um, Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin. And I like both too. So uh -huh, it's so hard. Yeah. 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 I think I would have to say Pink Floyd, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> All right. So then if it's Pink Floyd, is it dark side or the wall? Ooh, probably dark side okay. yeah. yeah yeah see there's yeah, no yeah. wrong answers to these questions. yeah i mean it's all good it's right. all good right <laughs> i see one question i guess we'll close out with a question from the chat here i say who's your favorite electronic artist Ooh, that's a good one probably moderat or motorat i don't even know yeah. who that is m-o-d-e-r-a-t yeah what what's that great artist uh uh german artist um actually well it's a collection of artists it's um apparat and mode selector together and um they won a grammy this past year i believe yeah and um yeah just like their live show is incredible their music is incredible definitely check them out on uh, the spotify I also have a new single out that just came out yesterday. Oh, do tell. So yeah, it's called Unlimited Expansiveness and it's my future classical sound. And I also released a sample pack for it. So um, if you go to my band camp, it's just 
my name um, at Bandcamp. And uh, yeah, the sample packs got like, I don't know, like 70 or 80 different like violin loops and cool. different things you can play around with. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'll put links to all that stuff when I repost this for the podcast and then for the YouTube, I'll stick them back at the bottom too. So everyone can find all your stuff and everything that you have going on. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you Thanks. so much for your time. This was yes. so inspiring and awesome. Thank you. Stay safe out there. Um, Definitely. I don't know if you're a NAM show goer, but I usually am. So usually. When, when, <laughs> when there is one. <laughs> yeah, usually. We'll, yeah. We'll cross paths out there, but. For sure. Until then, yeah. happy holidays. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me on. Love what you do. Yeah. Thank you. Keep rocking. Awesome. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Laura. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.